Dorcas. There we go. Good morning, everybody. This is Granny D. Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. So glad to be with you. On a not-so-bright, sunny day today, it's a little bit dull here in Michigan, but it's okay. We're going to have a chilly week, and it seems that spring, although here, has started a little bit slower than usual, which is not a bad thing. All right, so we're on to the last section of Go Wild, the very last, very, very end of Go Wild with John Rady and Richard Manning. And next time, we are going to be working on The Brain, the book that I'm going to be going back to because I loved it, and it's been a long time since I shared it with you guys, is Brain Rules by John Medina. And that's the 12 Principles for Surviving and Thriving at Work, Home, and School. But today we're going to finish with John Rady and Richard Manning. John Rady says at the end of his book, my debt, my debt extends to many people who have contributed to my always asking why and why not. It began as, a, as an undergraduate when I was a philosophy major at Colgate and was pushing to think critically of all that I read or thought or, or thought I knew. It was the late 60s and exploration of the self and striving for change was the norm. While there, I also lived as a Zen monk for a month and experienced the benefits of meditation, Victoria, nature, and being in present. Then in medical school at the University of Pittsburgh, I gravitated to some of the best doctors in the land who seemed to know everything but were secure in their hearts enough to know, enough to say they did not. Their honesty was very apparent, despite the orthodoxy of medicine. This learned background of uncertainty grew tenfold at the, Mass at Mass at the Massachusetts Mental Health Center, where I was guided by my mentors, mentors Lee Havens, George Valiant, Richard Shader, and Alan Hobson. By the way, I'm reading these names so that when you come across them, you'll recognize them. Again, Les Havens, George Valiant, Richard Shader, and Alan Hobson, who were giants in their fields, yet challenged themselves constantly and were never satisfied with the party line. There I began my lifelong association and great friendship with Edward Hollowell. He's another amazing soul. I have read Edward Hollowell, and he actually changed my life, right along with John Rady. So Edward Hollowell, who has been a source of courage and challenge and, kept, and has kept me moving towards this end, this determination allowed me to follow the serendipitous, serendipitous leads to develop my work with aggression, then ADHD, and now go wild. This go-for-it attitude to pursue the new or unpopular allowed me to concentrate on the benefits of exercise for the brain. Benefits of exercise for the brain. I'm going to say it again. Benefits of exercise for the brain, because that's what it's all about. Here I was backed by the science emanating from people such as Carl Kottman, James Blumenthal, Ken Cooper, and Mark Matson. 
this eventually led me to what is now a more global appreciation of the brain, mood, and cognition benefits of good living. When most of my tribe were counting on the next drug to come along to push the field forward, I witnessed firsthand the squabbles over the first scientific DSM-3, which reinforced the fact that science was unduly influenced by economic and political issues. So remember that. This is one of those times when you need to go what your heart feels is right. Don't go with the economic and the political issues. If you think that what you're learning is right, even though it's in opposition to everybody else, you're probably on the right track. I owe much to Phil Lawler and Paul Ziantarski, true pioneers who revolutionized their school's physical education at District 203 in Naperville. In addition, they enlisted me to try and lead their, their whole profession to change into a more health and wellness-oriented discipline. It's not working well in the schools, but maybe it will. Don't give up. We need to move. Our kids need to move. We all need to get going. Exercise for fun. This mission led me to travel to the United States, Canada, and around the world to meet many scholars, educators, movers, and shakers who were, who were aware of the problems of the present and wanted to do something about it. The growing awareness that something was not right in our world and the way we were living led me to challenge my own habits. That makes me think of, you know, this virus, it's making me challenge my own habits. Finally, I owe a great deal to Richard Manning, a true iconoclast who is a brilliant and tireless intellectual. He is a throwback to the truth-seeking reporter, and our time spent together continues to guide my thinking and sharpen my constructs. Also, I am truly grateful to my dear wife, Alicia Ulrich, who continues to share the ideas and ideals we portray in this book. That's Richard. Ma that is John Rady's goodbye. Here's Richard Manning's. My largest debt in any book is usually the ledger. Is sorry. My largest debt in any book is usually on the ledger even before I begin, and with the help I get leading up to the genesis of an idea. This one was no exception, and goes way back to the 1980s when I read a profile of Wes. Jackson in Atlantic Magazine. Jackson, the great agronomist and MacArthur genius, had the idea of reinventing agriculture to make it wild. Think on this. Farming in nature's image, he called it. This revolutionary notion led me to years of thinking about wilderness, food, and the essence of who we are. In recent years, though, I have oddly steered to the last of those the essence of who we are, through a chance encounter with Rick Vanderpool, who runs the Institute for Educational Research and Service at the University of Montana. My work with Rick soon steered me to the seminal ideas of Bessel van der Kolk, and then a chance meeting with John Rady, van der Kolk's good friend. I am indebted to all these people. 
people, but especially to John Rady, whose vast knowledge of the human brain and groundbreaking ideas on the importance of exercise and movement helped me close the circle almost 30 years in the making. Throughout this process, he was inspirational and thoroughly present in my meanderings and quixotic tendencies, not to mention my deftly he deftly corrected some of my more boneheaded, embarrassing errors of fact. He was a broad, he was broad-minded enough to partner with an unrepentant journalist, an ink-stained wrench, sorry, an ink-stained wretch, and I thank him for it. My other main debt piling up, my other main debt piling up during every day of the writing of this book is really owed, owed to a place, not some people, or more to the point, to the people who preserve the place. During part, the most important part, of almost every day for the m month of writing, what place do they keep beautiful for him? Just wait. I ran on a remarkable series of mountain trails that weaves the rim of the, of the valley that holds Helena, Montana. This setting was crucial to the writing process, provided some scenes that appear in this book, remember when he's running with the dog, and anchored the project in the wilds of the northern Rockies. Oh, my heart. During a week, during a week John and I spent hammering through the edits on the first draft. We would both hit the same trails every day together. The debt here accrues to the Prickly Bear Land Trust, a nonprofit in Helena that has taken it upon itself to acquire the land and easements and do the literal pick and shovel work that allows this system to exist and in the process makes Helena a biophilic city. Bless them. We all have to make our cities biophilic cities. We've got to bring parks and green things back into our cities as much as possible. And we have to save all the wild places in America. Hold on. This, however, is only a short chunk of trail compared to the long, twisted, and far more treacherous path stretching back to the point where I met a young woman named Tracy Stone, now my wife. Only she knows the full difficulty of the train, the terrain leading to this point because she has been with me every step of the way and I couldn't have done it without her. The true paradox here is that all of my other debts are trivial, trivial in comparison, yet this is the easiest one to bear. So, I get emotional. I'm worried about how wild places. We have to save our parks and all our national monuments. Unfortunately, our current administration wants to sell them off to the highest bidder. We have to fight for them because they're ours. And now I have three minutes left. So I want to start with brain rules because I think 
that the just the idea of our brain taking over or working or making our brain strong is what it's all about. John Medina is a very interesting um, psychologist. Let me read them. Rule one, exercise boosts brain power. Our brains love motion. The incredible test score booster. The incredible test score booster. Are you hearing me? Will you age like Jim or Frank? How oxygen builds the road for the brain. Survival, rule two. The human brain evolved, two. What's uniquely human about us? A brilliant survival strategy. Meet your brain. How we conquered the world. Wiring. Rule three. Every brain is wired differently. So if your brain is not quite like your mother's or your father's or your friend's, it's okay. Because we're all wired differently. Neurons slide and slither and split. Experience makes the difference. Furious brain development, not once but twice. The Jennifer Anson neuron. Hmm. Attention, rule four. We don't pay attention to boring things. Emotion matters. Why there is no such thing as multitasking. No, you've got to stay with one thing all the time. It really is. And we'll explain that as we go. We pay great attention to threats, sex, and patterning, pattern matching. The brain needs a break. Short-term memory. Rule five, repeat to remember. If you don't repeat something in 30 seconds after you hear it, or you just make sure you think about it, you're liable to lose it. Memories are volatile. How details become splattered across the insides of our brains. How the brain pieces them back together again. Where memories go. Long-term memory, rule six. Repeat to remember. Remember to repeat is rule five. Repeat to remember is rule six. If you don't repeat this within 30 seconds, you'll forget it. Spaced repetition cycles are key to remembering. When floating in water, your mem- you, when floating in water could help your memory. Rule seven, sleep. Sleep well, think well. The brain doesn't sleep to rest. Two armies at war in your head. How to improve your performance 34% in 26 minutes. Which bird are you? Hmm, sleep on it. Stress, rule eight. Stress brains don't learn the same way. Stress is good and stress is bad. A villain and a hero in the toxic stress battle. Why the home matters to the workplace. Marriage intervention for happy couples. Sensory integration. Rule nine, stimulate more of the senses. Lessons from a nightclub. How and why all of our senses work together. Multi-sensory learning means better remembering. What's that smell? Vision. Rule ten, vision trumps all other senses. Playing trick on wine testers. You will see what your brain wants to see, and it likes to make stuff up. Can you imagine that? Throw out your PowerPoint. Gender. Rule 11. Male and female brains are different, and it's okay. Sexing humans, the difference between little girl best friends and little boy best friends. 
Men favor gist when stressed. Women favor details. The forgetting drug. A forgetting drug. Last one, exploration. Rule 12. We are powerful and natural explorers. Babies are great scientists. Exploration is aggressive. Monkey see, monkey do. Curiosity is everything. And of course, remember variety. Okay, here we go. I'm coming down. It's Dorcas Smith. Thank you for listening. Here we go. And I'm not taking the recording down, everybody. So, hello, and I thank you for being here today. Thank you. That was fabulous, Dorcas. A lot. Thank you. A lot of information. I think so. I think so. But and a thank preview you for of being things here. to come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love brain rules. I love it when I can share with you things that I think are exciting. And everybody, we really do have to save our wild places. So anybody who has is close to a place where we can bring it back to the wild, Let's do it. I feel so lucky I have a 100-acre wood behind my house, and I can walk out in the wild every day. So if you have a green space close to your home, like a park or a little woods, get out and walk there. It will make your heart better. It really will. We need to be in the wild. Go wild, everybody. Absolutely. Well, it looks like it's time for our One Team Global. If you are interested in the business, go listen. They have wonderful stories and encouragements for you, and they're on for anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes on One Team Global, all right, on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining me today, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless, everybody. Bye. Have a great day. You also. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.